Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Have you ever felt cheated out of a deal when buying tickets from StubHub only to see that there's a $15 fee at the end of your original purchase? Or have you ever been on Vivid Seats and not even get your tickets? That, that actually happened to me once. I ordered a ticket from Vivid Seats and I never got the ticket. And that's why I switched over to TickBick.com where smart fans buy tickets online. No hidden fees. Search and buy now 100% authentic tickets. Best price guarantee, 24-7 customer service. Buy, bid on, and sell tickets with the confidence of their 110% guarantee. That's 110% guarantee. They show you the best deals with their algorithms and let you decide 0% buyer fees. If your ticket is $26, your, pr- your purchase is $26. No joke. The most transparent, consumer-friendly ticket marketplace on the web. Authentic, valid tickets backed by our 100% money-back guarantee. You'll love your ticketing experience from purchase through the final whistle or out and no hidden fees. Like I said, if it's $26, hell, if it's $8, it is an $8 purchase. Save an average of 10 to 15% on every purchase guaranteed only at TickPick.com. Get your tickets now. National Anthem, please welcome multi-platinum recording artist Darius Rucker. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming And the rocky's red glare The bombs bursting in air Gave proof through the night That our flag was still Today is Wednesday, September 11, 2019, 18 years removed from the horrific events at 9-11 is why we uh, opened this show with the National Anthem by uh, our very own Darius Rucker. Today on the O Show podcast, we have Belly Up Sports and Corner Booth podcast host Jared Klim talking week one of the NFL, week two of college football, including Texas versus LSU, why LSU is going to be a contender in the ACC with Clemson this year, and why Texas will contend with Oklahoma, kind of, not really, but they'll be there in the Big 12. Let's do this. Episode 81, NFL week one starts now. We are back. The O Show is back. Guess who else is back? Jared Klim from the Corner Booth Podcast is back. What's up, ladies and gents? Jack, I'm ready to rock and roll. Did you did you just call my uh, listeners fat? Ladies and gents. I think I think I heard you say fat, ladies and gents. 
I am back, ladies and gents. Yeah. You're assuming things, Jack. It's not a good look on you. Um. Okay. So <laughs> we'll just go from here. I, I. I honestly think you said fat, but. We'll go to the tape after. <laughs> yeah, I, well, we'll I, review it after the episode. As a former fat kid myself, I am very not about calling people fat, so. Okay. Okay, I'll leave that as it is. But Jared is back to talk about two things, and only two things, because we will rant about it for two hours. We're here to talk about the NFL week one. A lot went down. Patriots made the Steelers look like a high school team. They also uh, took their soul out from underneath them by signing Antonio Brown, which sucks, honestly. I mean, I personally don't think he's going to be great right out of the gate, but he's, he's going to be interesting. He's going to be good. He'll be good. They'll, they'll find a way it's to plug gonna, him in. It's not going to be Randy Moss. It's not. It's that's. It, he's not that dynamic. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about week two in college football. My Texas Longhorns lost, as scripted, to LSU. I'm not mad about it. I knew it going in, but they made it close. They they competed. But before all that, we're going to get into an embarrassing story that Jared would like to tell us. Every time I invite Jared on the show, we share an embarrassing story just to amuse each other because we kind of are belly up rivals for whichever reason. Well, it's so funny. We're like rival friends because there's a couple guys that belly up. I, I'm like, as you guys all know, at belly up, my job is on human resources and personnel, basically. So... There's a couple times I want to just pull the fire button on a couple people, but Jack has never been on that list once. Not uh, yet. He, he produces so much damn content, it'd be hard to fire him anyway. All right. <laughs> so as you all know, um, or as many of you know who listen to my show, I make a lot of jokes about I used to sell insurance. That was my first job out of college. And I used to work for New York Life, um, one of the darker, more grimming, grim companies of the insurance business. Uh so me and my buddy Ray, who uh, now works in another insurance company, were meeting with a client of mine who owns a local brewery up in my area of the woods in Connecticut. And we went there. We had to drop something off at his now ex-girlfriend's house to do her policy or my, uh, I can't remember. They all started blending after a while. He knew a lot of people. But so we're at this brewery. He goes, he, he drove, by the way. So we're sitting there. We got all the paperwork done. We made the sale. I just had to come back the next week. And get the paperwork signed. He's cake. So he's like, hey, let's celebrate. He's got another policy. I was still new to this thing at this point. So we start drinking. All he, all of my client, Josh, shout out Twitch Doctor Brewing. If you're in the Connecticut area, give it a shot. Stuff's amazing. Basically, all of his stuff is five five or higher. So I had I was on beer three or four when we we're leaving the bar, and I'm like, wow, I'm feeling good right now. So we get in his car, we stop at this Eagles fan bar around the corner in Southington, Connecticut, like mm. the most random spots, a little dive bar. We stop there, we get wings, we're eating there, we're having we're, we're, ha- we're having a beer or two there, having fun, and then we end up going to Buffalo Wild Wings because I had a $50 gift card for Christmas, and it was my me thanking Ray for driving and taking me out and whatever. So basically, we go to Buffalo Wild Wings. I had three beers there. I came back, and I was so drunk at B-Dubs, I missed the stool sitting down and fell like five feet to the floor. And the entire restaurant staring at me. I'm just crying. I'm laughing so hard. And I'm just like, I can't. I'm wasted. I won't admit like, it. Were you even close to the stool? Uh, it was basically like, here's my ass. Here's the stool. And I clipped the front of it. The stool kicked out. And my ass moved straight down. Yeah, you guys can't see, but Jared was a long way from the bar stool in that description that he just showed me. Basically. It was not uh, good. Basically, I clipped the very edge of the stool and the stool kicked out. If you know, if you ever been to Buffalo Wild Wings, one of those stools in the bar area that's like ridiculously tall. It's like the tables that pull like the t- the chairs away from for the Sundays for football and stuff. So I fall off one of those. That was hilarious. That is my embarrassing story today because basically I had everyone in the Waterbury Buffalo Wild Wings staring at me like, "Dude, you need to go home." I mean, how roughed up were those beers? Um, I had a couple that were like six five. One was a seven one. I mean, I'm drinking one that's eight two right now. My alcohol tonic's gone up a little since uh, my post college years due to my love of IPAs. I think I had one that was like eight two. I had one like seven one, and one was six five, and one that was five five. I kept going down the line, and then I had a one of those like huge like double Miller Lite drafts because for some reason Miller Lite tastes great when it's on drafts. It just tastes like eh everywhere else. And basically, I had two of those. And I think I had, like, two Budweiser's at the, the Eagles fan bar or whatever. So, basically, I'm, I'm rocking a full-on, like, 
solid drunk right there. So it was only a matter of time until I did something stupid and butt missed the chair. It was only a matter of time. Jared, the first stupid thing you did in that story was entering that Eagles bar in Connecticut, all right? Um, I am an Eagles fan for life. I actually plan on still getting their logo as long as I don't get hired by an NFL team to work in their uh, uh, any kind of organization. Uh, right here, big Eagles logo. Well, if you're a lifetime Eagles fan, it wouldn't matter if you got the tattoo or not, even if you did pick up a job with some other NFL team. It's yeah, not like you're getting I, I a Giants like logo. Dallas Cowgirls, and basically I'm like, I, I have a big Eagles logo on my chest. I'm going to have to make sure wow. I never wear a tank. Wow, wow. First, first you insult my audience by calling them fat, and then you insult my Dallas Cowboys by calling them Cowgirls. You're assuming that I called them fat. I did not. And You secondly, said fat ladies and gents. That's how I we kicked off the show. Ladies and gents. Oh, my God. Jack, you got to chill. Ugh. All right, so I want to tell you my story. It's, it's very hostile today, folks. This is, we have to do another podcast together after this. Hard football, perfect transition. Well, actually, I got to tell you my embarrassing story first. So, oh yeah, that's right. I'm in the driver's seat. Remember? Yeah. You're my guest. Just cheer me out. So, I went back home in New Jersey about a few weeks ago, just for about a week or so. I spent the summer out in Charlotte, North Carolina, getting a ton of baseball interviews, a ton of content for Belly Up Sports. Always good stuff. And I got on the plane. So this story consists of the entire plane ride as well as the Uber ride that I had on my way back to Phoenix. I got on the plane. Everything was going smooth, which is how it goes at Newark Airport. Everything just goes so smooth all the time. I get in my window seat. I always get the window seat. Never get the middle seat, all right? I get the window seat. The chick next to me sits down. The flight's probably a good five minutes away from taking off, and all of a sudden I have to sneeze. I'm like, okay, this is normal. I got to sneeze. First of all, I turned in her direction, which I didn't know why I turned in her direction to sneeze in the first place. I probably just should have went towards the window. Like, I'm not going to harm the window. But I I decided to turn in the chick's direction for some odd reason. I was not even thinking. I even covered my – I did cover my mouth. So I cover my mouth. I sneeze. I sneezed on her. Okay, so I sneeze on this chick. It wasn't it wasn't even that I like sneezed in her direction. It was like a big fat loogie that came out of my nose, through my armpit, and into her hair. And that was about five minutes before we sat next to each other on a six and a half hour flight from Newark to Phoenix, Arizona. Alright, I gotta ask one follow-up question. Was she an attractive woman? She uh she was the same age, I'll say that. It was a very uncomfortable plane ride after that. It's not like I would have made any moves, but I mean, yeah, no turtle Jamie Lynn Siegler references to, to Entourage. Um <laughs> see he got where I was going. <laughs> that I, I would be mortified if that shit happened to me. I'm could dead. you I, I mean, be- luckily we were right across from the bathroom so she could get up and like clean her hair, but I'm like, I am so sorry. She was so disgusted. The guy is sitting in the aisle seat. Big freaking guy looked like he was a former football player, former athlete for sure. Was just shaking his head at me like, "You fucking idiot, <laughs> you schlup." <laughs> but then now this you is like that. You win again. <laughs> <laughs> three nothing in our embarrassing stories. Oh no 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 no! Last week I think last time I won on that one. I can't remember which story. Was it the me telling my dad about smoking? <laughs> I think that was the first one. Um, I don't remember what you told last time. You probably beat out my uh, locking myself out of my yeah, car story. Yeah, no, that was the one I beat out. The first one you smoked me on. Um, no, so I, I had to sit on that flight the entire night. She just, like, had her arms crossed for six hours, just, like, did not want to move, didn't want to make contact with me, didn't want to rub elbows in the rest guard. Like, every time we got a drink, like, uh, do you guys want a drink? You want a Coke? You want a water? And I'd have to stretch across to get it, and she'd just be like, oh my god, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. So that was my six-and-a-half-hour flight back to Phoenix. We get off the flight, I go down, like, I didn't see, I don't think I'll ever see her again. Hopefully not. Hopefully she never recognizes me. That was a low point in my life. Probably. Well, listen, Kid Rock, uh, you're, you're, hard to not, you're hard to not miss when, I see, when you're seeing in public. <laughs> you know, there was a guy, I was at the airport going from uh, Orlando to Charlotte over the summer, and there was a kid who came up to me, not to sidebar again, but this is a cool story. Uh, a kid came up to me, bumped me on the shoulder, whispered in my ear. He goes, 
I know who you are. I'm like, do you? He's like, yep, but I won't tell anybody. He thought I was Chris Jericho. <laughs> Dude, no offense, but you're a little small for Chris Dude, Jericho. he's got like 75 pounds of muscle on me. I'm like, you think you're I'm a professional five, wrestler? 5'11", right? We're the same size, like we're the same height, but he's got like 70 okay. pounds of muscle on me. Yeah, I was gonna say Jericho's a big dude. And like, I don't even know wrestling, but I know that name. If you if you if if you think I'm Chris Jericho, imagine if he actually met Chris Jericho. I know because you're not you're not like a skinny dude, but like you're not like like I'm like not bulky. No, I I'm cut. If anything, if you don't want to call lean, me skinny, you call lean. me cut. You're lean. I'm I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I've I've had that. I've never had to have me because I don't look like a celebrity. But uh, you know. No, but I was like, no, dude, I'm I'm not Chris Jericho. He's like, you're, are you sure you're not a professional wrestler? I'm like. No, but he's got a big fight coming up at uh, All Elite Wrestling All Out or whatever the big event was. And he goes, you are him. I'm like, no, I just know the content, dude. I'm a writer. I, said, I write about this said stuff. shit. You've been like, who's Trish Chris Jericho? I know. Uh, oh, whatever. Uh, so Humor him a little bit. Yeah, so I get off the plane after sneezing on this girl's hair, which was terrible. Get in. I order my Uber ride. Get down there. I get in the Uber. He helps me with my bag and everything. I'm like, oh, thank you very much. Get in the car. So I'm like, oh, how's everything going? He's like, three days out, man. Couldn't be better. I'm like, three days out? What does that mean? He's like, three days removed from county prison, my brother. I'm like, three days removed from county prison? Who the hell do they let be Uber drivers these days? Dude, Uber's, Uber's background checks are really bad. We I could sign up right now. We could sign up right now live on the Osho podcast while we're doing this and become Uber drivers. My car technically doesn't – oh, no. It qualifies for my town. It doesn't qualify – like, they have certain qualifications for certain cities. Like, Southburg, Connecticut, as long as it's, like, 98 or newer. So, like, yeah, my Honda could be a Honda. My 03 Honda Accord could actually be a newer. So, uh, I'm, like, three days removed from county prison. I guess he was an accomplice. He helped his buddies out. His buddies were uh, meth cooks. Like, total Breaking Bad scenario in my head. Like, this has Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. Oh my god! Like they recorded that in New Mexico, and this this is in Phoenix. We're like four hours south. I'm like, oh my god! And he was just like, yeah, I let them use my house, and they got caught. I went to three years. They got twenty years each, I think, which is generous, honestly. Cooking meth, hey, listen, ruining I, people's I lives. Who got arrested for selling heroin and basically got probation because his parents were well connected in the town. So I mean. That was my, he was, he was just like, man, it's good to be out. I'm like three days removed. I'm using Lyft from now on. And I've been using oh, Lyft oh, for the no, past The worst thing weeks. I ever had with Lyft was one time I had a Spanish guy who barely spoke English screaming at me over the phone because he was at the edge of my, I don't know if you've ever been to Merrimack College in uh, North Andover, Mass. Guess what? My sister yeah. went there. Your sister went there? You've yeah, been there. I've been you there. You know how uh, my cousin lived in the apartment style dorms by the, um, across from my think the hockey rink or the chapel what are that big parking lines in the center of the campus okay so my cousin lived in those campuses shout out to my cousin andrew me and him were going to see a concert in boston and i was going to pay for 50 dollar lift because my cousin you know he's in college i have a, a job that pays full time so i paid for a lift this guy he's at the you know how at the edge you know that you have that weird turn in to get on the campus he's sitting out there parked in the middle of the lane yelling at me on the phone i don't find you why are you not outside i'm like Bro, you got to drive into the campus. He hangs up. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to pay a $5 late fee, whatever. But I was so mad. And then this dude, Luis, the dude next to me called, drives in. My cousin starts sprinting up the, up the center of the campus. And for all of you know, Merrimack, it's in northern Massachusetts. And it was the middle of February. There was slush and snow everywhere. So we're sprinting up. We're, I'm dressed out to go out to, like, bars to go to a concert and stuff. Go see my girl Dorothy. I love her music. Basically, we're sprinting up the street, and this dude in a forerunner pulls up. He's like, You Jay? And I'm like, That's me. And we jump in the car. like, Luis, you're the man. I gave him like a $15 tip. I felt, I was like, just when I was also like, I had three uh, double IPAs in me, so I was already like rocked and rolling, ready to go. And I drank the ball in an hour, so I was ready, just ready to like, you know, enjoy my night. And I said to him, Yo, man, thank you so much for driving us. Our first guy cancer goes, oh, yeah, 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 Some people suck. And I'm like, $15 tip. Lift is so much better, but, oh, God. Well, I got oh, news. Yeah, I got news for you, though. That That's like a good Uber driver out here in Phoenix. Though That's your typical Uber slash Lyft driver. They don't know where you are. You could see them. They're like, I can see oh. you. I'm coming. They're like, nope, I can't find you. And they drive off. My college, that was how, at Southern Connecticut, down New Haven, 
Uber was the only thing you could use. Lyft hadn't been invented yet. So base, or at least it was, it was only on the West Coast. So basically, Uber was all you had. And I wanted to go. My my campus is a big horseshoe, Southern Connecticut. Like goes into the neighboring town, Hamden, comes back, and whatever. Basically, he drove all the way to the top of the horseshoe, then doubled back. He thought because I was drunk, I wouldn't notice. I said something as I walked out of the car. And I saw you miss the turn, dickhead. It says exactly where you're supposed to go. It's the big building right in the center of campus. Well, uh, he thought because I was wasted, I wasn't going to notice. But it's whatever. I mean, Uber, Uber's really – Uber and Lyfts aren't great. They're, the they're Uber practical. sucks. Never sneeze in girls' hairs. And never let's, drink too much beer and then go to beat-ups. Let's talk about football. So we're, we're at 20 minutes into this. We should probably start talking about what we said we were going to talk about. Exactly, because we have our other podcasts in about 55 minutes. Yeah, we're, we're on a clock here, folks. NFL, week one. Patriots proving that they are the clear favorites in the AFC, if you don't want to count out Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs just yet. No, that, that offense looked disgusting on, on Sunday. But you do got to say, this is probably the Patriots' best defense under the Tom Brady era. No. Oh, 4 but this is close. Oh, 4 had like four Hall of Famers on it. I mean, this team is disgusting. They have a bunch of no-name guys. They're no-name to most of the general public, but basically this team's fast. They're athletic. They have a shutdown corner, good pass rushers, and they have a good leader in the center of Jamie Collins. Basically, it's built for a guy like Belichick. Basically, Stephon Gilmore took Juju Smith-Schuster out of the game. I have, I have some comments about the Steelers, and I'm, you're going to – want to file charges after how much we're going to assault their fans years in a minute. But basically, on the Patriots' terms, this, the Steelers just looked outgunned. They were not ready. They looked defeated from the get-go. And I mean this, I think the Steelers just can't beat Brady in Foxborough, at least under Tom and Roethlisberger. I think he's, what, 6-0 and now? 7-0? and oh. uh, 6 and 6-0, you're right. Six and zero. Yeah, I heard on Cowherd on Friday when I was mowing my lawn on Sunday morning. Basically, Roethlisberger and Tomlin can't win in Foxborough. And I've been to the I, my cousins live in that area. I've never been to the stadium. Thank God. Basically, it's just it's a weird environment because you're in the middle of freaking nowhere, Massachusetts. There's nothing around there. That those fans are insane. It's about as bad as being in a Red Sox game. As a Yankees fan, you'd understand that reference. Oh, yeah. They, I got I got a beer thrown on me last year during the uh, ALDS at Fenway. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. Boston fans are ruthless. I was think fun. Philly, Philly football fans are bad. Try Boston baseball fans. Well, I've been to both. I, I still think Philly's the worst. But we'll talk Philly's about that some other time. If you antagonize them. Like uh, Mike Scott, shout out. The, dude, the, 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 the Sixers player who wore a Sean Taylor jersey. By the way, Sean Taylor, Kane's up. Basically wore a Sean Taylor jersey to an Eagles tailgate and then started fights with Eagles fans. And people got on camera, so now he's in trouble. But, I, I mean, we're, I don't want to keep ranting. But, basically, if we're talking Steelers now, that team is not going to win nine games this year. Everyone who said the Steelers win this division really has to go back to the drawing board here. You're trying to stretch to me that Juju Smith-Schuster is a number one receiver? He's not. He's the best number two in the league, battling at A.B., He's not he's he's not on like that A minus like the one B kind of guys like the Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jacksons. They're, they're like they're a great number two, but put like the reason the Eagles work is because they have two great number like one B guys together, Jackson and Jeffrey. That's why they work. But you're gonna put Juju Smith Schuster, a one B guy, one like one C, like a almost a number one, but not a number one with James Washington. Really. I don't care if you got, like, Brady slinging the ball. That's not a good receiving core, especially when you're looking at running the ball with James Conner. James Conner's a solid running back, but he's a fantasy back at best. I would never want to build a team in Madden around him or in real life. He's a solid power back and catch the ball. He's basically like a slower Derrick Henry. It's it just – in the defense, it's just, they just look outgunned. And Big Ben looked like he was getting hit all game. They just <laughs> – they're not – they don't have the personnel. They don't have Le'Veon Bell, who, when he was with them, was probably the best running back in the league. And A.B., at that the point when he was with them, was the best wide receiver in the league. Now you're going to try to tell me that James Conner and Juju and James Washington are comparable replacements? Again, it was a bad loss. They looked like a high school team. Yeah. But this, they were dealing with the best Patriots defense in quite a long time. Tom Brady's offense is so smooth. Like, ridiculously smooth. Oh, I, exactly. Come week two for the Steelers, who do they got? Uh, 
I just looked at this, actually. I feel like we go through this year in and year out with the Steelers where everybody thinks they're finally going to fall apart and they put together a decent season. I think this is the year, though, because, you know, everyone says, oh, this is the year, this is the year, and I'm like, but if I'm really, okay, so if I'm going to look at the NFL schedule quick for next week, because I remember, by the way, my Eagles play the Falcons on Sunday, uh, no. Yeah, the Eagles play Falcons on Sunday night. There we go. But the Steelers play the Seahawks at home. Okay. Seahawks who almost lost to the Bengals. Well, this will so, be a good test then, because these are two teams, teams, teams. These are two teams that have had great success within the past decade, but have slowly gone downhill the past couple of years. This is a good test for, like you said, both teams, but for the Steelers to prove yeah. that offensively they can contend with not only the AFC North but within the AFC, because they do have a good receiving core with Juju's, Juju at the top, but Ben Roethlisberger, to me, has got to prove that he's still got it. No, I completely agree. And it turns out, I mean, like, I'm, I just did my tallies quick for what I did. I went 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I went 10 in, I think, I went 10 in 5 in 1 this week. No, 10-4 in 1 this week. No, 10-5 in 1 for games for the NFL picks. Basically, I mean, like, we had our surprises, but I don't know. Like, next week we're going to see it's going to be a lot easier to pick games now because we're talking about now you're going to see. Also, September, we see this every year. The Chiefs always come out hot. We always see the Patriots start slow, not this year. Uh, and, you know, we always have one surprise team that comes out that it looks great, and then by the end of the year, fizzling out. My surprise team that won't fizzle out, though, Baltimore Ravens. If okay. Lamar Jackson can continue to sling that rock, we are talking about a serious team in the NFC. And the Steelers are going to have to deal with Baker. Now, I don't think they're going to beat the the, the the Browns going to beat the Ravens, but the Browns will be a good second-place team. I think they'll beat the Steelers and they'll, they'll easily beat the Bengals. But that division's a lot closer than we thought it was going to be. The Ra- well, the Ravens came on strong last year, too, towards the end. Yeah, their well, postseason they got their stride with Jackson and, like, turned the whole season around. Right. So now he gets a full year at the helm. I could see that. I, I just, I, and honestly, don't sleep on Buffalo or New York. Now New York's got Demaryius Thomas, by the way. That news broke about three hours ago. Yeah, that's just like a typical Jets move, though. But here's the thing. DT's not a bad receiver. And he'll he's a big physical receiver. That fits alongside Robbie Anderson, who basically run two routes, a post and a go. So basically, with Sam Darnold, and now you have James Crowder in the slot, you have decent tight ends with Her- like Herndon, and you have a good running game with Le'Veon Bell. The Jets and the Bills are going to be duking out at 97, whoever gets in the playoffs like is the last seed. I'm not sold unless Melvin Gordon comes back. The Chargers are going to make the playoffs. Felt great yesterday, but then also they did play a Colts team that's going to finish eight and eight best. So tough loss for the Jets too. They looked great all day long, and then the Bills just snatched it from them. <sighs> Typical Jets loss. Well, also it's also this just shows a lot about Josh Allen too. The kid just was not going to say die, and I think that says a lot about his development as a quarterback because he looked a lot better than he did last year. Josh Allen last year would have chucked that ball behind John Brown and would have been picked off in the opening of the game. I don't know. I mean, it was a low-scoring game. It's a very typical Jets-Bills game. But I had friends who were at that game. I don't know why. I mean, I think one of her friends is a Jets is a Jets season ticket holder. But yeah, they're probably cheap tickets, yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm supposed to go into a Philly game down in uh, Philly with uh, my former co-host. But in like November, I think. But basically, I'm supposed to go to Pitt, Miami, too. I don't know if I'm going to go, though. Pitt, what, in Miami? Pitt, Miami, in Pittsburgh. My buddy's a Pitt. My buddy who's a uh, Air Force pilot, he's a Pitt alum. How was that drive from Connecticut? Like four and a half hours. That's not bad. I'd do that. Eh, maybe, no, six. Philly's four in the nose. I mean, I'd do it. I'd probably just take that Friday off and then just leave at like 9 a.m. Or like, or like, like 10 a.m., just drive all day, make sure I miss all the traffic, get there by like 4 o'clock. Yeah, perfect. I mean, I've gone to, like, for my job, I'm a mover. I go to Maine. I've gone to South Carolina. I've gone to Delaware. Nothing new. All right, anyways. Yes. Keep going. <laughs> uh, what were some other great games before I start? Uh... We got to talk about, about uh, Cleveland. Oh, my God. I know we're going to have to bring up this on Sound Up later because I looked at the topics list already. But basically, Cleveland came out, and this is – their problems were they had over 100 yards of penalties and an ejection. A lot of lack of discipline. Also, Baker Mayfield's running for his damn life. No wonder he threw three picks. He's not mobile. He's got to throw the ball away. Half time he's trying to just chuck a ball into a tight window, he's going to throw a pick. It, and the Titans basically just rode Derrick Henry like a horse. He was awesome. Great fantasy pickup for anybody who got him. I He's my flex. I love, I love me some DH, Oof. man. He, he came on late for me last year. He almost, I almost made the playoffs because of him in my paid league. I was like... Five games out with no shot, and Derrick Henry just starts going off, and I basically 
am within like a point or two of making the playoffs because of this guy. So basically, Derrick Henry will always have a spot in my heart, man. Also, the only guy I've ever run for 300 yards with him. Me and my cousin were my cousin, my little cousin. He's nasty. He's like the kid's playing on all pro. He's dropping like 50 burgers. Like kids my age. So me and him played Titans Raiders, and this is back when Raiders had like actually a decent roster last year. And I ran for 310 yards with Henry, 46 carries. Well, <laughs> just absolutely just started because I don't trust Mariota throwing the ball in Madden yeah. or in real life. Well, he proved it. Him and Derrick Henry proved 43 to 13. That's that's got to be a demoralizing loss for the Browns just because well, of all the humbled. all the hype going into this season. You get OBJ right in the offseason. I mean, it was almost like too hyped up for them to actually win that game. It was either there was going to be like a, a 13 to 10 win or they were going to get their ass kicked. Because basically there was so much hype around this team and – they were Vegas at one point when they got Odell had them with more wins than the Eagles and Cowboys and a couple other teams and I'm like wait a minute hold the phone here guys like you want to ring that one back here Vegas and I'm just like they have no offensive line they traded Kevin Zeitler one of the best left one of the best uh, offensive linemen for Olivier Vernon yes I love Vernon but here's the thing Vernon is a good number two DN to Miles Garrett which is great but now you're not protecting Baker. So he's Baker's my height, by the way. He's five eleven and a half. He's a little leaner than me. That's not big. He's not big. Okay, listen. I played quarterback in my flag league out here in Connecticut. I still can't see over my O line. I had to throw into windows between my linemen because they were both like six one. So it's not easy. And imagine Baker's in full packs. So it's you know the, they're going to still win nine games. They're still going to be vying for a playoff spot. I think the AFC is going to have a lot of like a four or five like nine and seven teams that are just going to be duking it out with each other to see who gets the like the last spot. And the Browns are going to be one of them. They just, the problem is, if they had no line, they'd probably go 10 and 6. But the lack of O line is making my pick of them going 11 and 5 look really stupid. Uh, I'm going to go 10 and 6 with them. So you're a little more optimistic than I am. A lot more just because of how much they showed last year, especially when Baker took over. Like, they just ran rough shot for a little bit there. A, well, it's all about how they're going to rebound next week. They have a rough first five games. That's the problem. Well, this is their test. Yeah, I mean, if they make, their, their schedule is the opposite of the Cal. Their, their schedule is weird. Like, Dallas is a very middle-heavy schedule. Phillies is very spread out. And I saw, like, Cleveland's, Cleveland's the first five games. Are, and New England's their first, like, four are a joke. Basically, no, New England's first six are a joke. They play Miami twice, I think, in the first six games. Oh, that's fun. That's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, but basically, yeah. Um, that might that game might be seventy to nothing. Uh, they always lose one to the Dolphins. They've always had a yeah, tough time. I don't think that's gonna happen this year, though. I just I think the Dolphins might go own sixteen this year, dude. I seriously Ooh. think so. I mean, fifty nine to ten, it's not a recipe Two, for success eight, ten, right there. Six max Ravens team. That's that's pitiful, dude. It looked like one of those scores from a Madden franchise. It was bad. <laughs> that's a that's a college score, dude. That's a bona yeah, fide college score. That's basically what your Longhorns did to what Sam Sam Austin State or whatever the hell they play for their tune up games before they play like Oklahoma. Yeah, those are I fun mean, weeks. Those yeah. are those those are the best weeks. And then you play a team like LSU this past week, and you just just breaks your heart, you know. As a almost Tiger, I will say this: I knew I had LSU going that one. I just now that I can throw. I said it in the game last week. I said, listen. LSU can throw the ball now. Y'all should be freaking terrified. What? Why LSU always lost to Alabama? Why LSU also? When we were talking about this college for one second, why they always lost to Bama? Why they always lost like these big name schools? They couldn't do one thing. Sling the rock. Now they brought somebody in from the Saints. They have a quarterback who can actually throw the ball. They have all those athletes they've always had. That's terrifying to me. If I am Bama, I'm a little. Terror. I'm a little scared of not winning the West this year. And I think LSU. Let's before we let's get back to football. But I'll, I'll, I have a bold prediction for you about when we go to college. All right, let, let's talk about. Uh, football before we, we talk about the other football. Dak Prescott made history this week. How about them yeah. Cowboys? Okay. Huh? First, okay. Listen, uh, well, we Dak did play the Giants. Great. Dak looks great. Dak looks great. I'm going to give you that one. But here's three reasons why people need to pump the brakes. Just a soft pump. You know, if the show Letter Kenny, you need to drop a little soft pump on this on the break here. Slow breaks. One, they play the Giants. That defense might give up 30 points to you and me playing two-hand touch football against them. Now, we, we talk about the Steelers being a high school team. The Giants are legitimately a high school team. <laughs> okay, they had to start, like, all their first-round picks on defense. They had a bunch of, like, Antoine Bethea is playing safety for them, guys. Really? I, I thought know. he was retired for the last five. Basically, the Giants' offense... Okay, so listen, your Cowboys have a better defense than my Eagles, I'll admit that. For once, God help, finally. God help the Giants fans when our offense rolls in there. Oh, my God. Because as much as I love Dak, 
your offense is a lot slower and a lot less big play based than ours is. Yours is a little more methodical, a lot more oh, yeah. Patriots esque. Just feed ours Zeke. That's all. That's all we do. A couple of dump offs to to Cooper. Game, ours is all about. Just, it, we can slow the ball down. When we need to because we have big physical receivers, but we have one little bastard number ten who can just take the top off at thirty one years old. Is still probably the third fastest dude in the league, behind like Tyreek Hill and John Ross. That dude can run and. Uh, the Giants' defense is awful. The Giants may go one and fifteen this year because they're going to get one win out of Saquon just dropping a three hundred yard game. It's 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 terrible. It was atrocious. And they then Savannah, my co shout out, brought up a point. They didn't give the ball to Barkley a lot in that game. He only had I think had like twenty one touches, something like that. Or it was a very low number for what a Saquon game should be. And I was a little like that. Actually, does sound really weird, especially because you're playing your division rival, and you weren't at. They weren't out of the game until about what the third quarter, fourth quarter. You guys put the kill shot on them. Oh yeah, yeah. So it was uh, the Giants are terrible, but Prairie Crows do. Dak played well yesterday. I love Kellen Moore being their OC. I hate it also because I'm an Eagles fan. But one, two things. One, Dak now has weapons. You saw with a lot of quarterbacks who maybe aren't like the elite top seven guys, top eight. They need a couple of good receivers. Amari Cooper, top 10 receiver. Randall Cobb, top 10 slot guy. Gallup has got a lot of promises, explosive as hell. You got Jason Witten, who's a good security guy. And of course, you got Zeke, a top three running back. So basically, Dak now has. Dak essentially got given a armored Lamborghini with machine guns in the front of it. And he said, get us to the, get us to the playoffs. And no, Dak is not a bad quarterback. He's a solid B quarter, B, B plus quarterback. His limitations are very reasonable. His deep ball accuracy is eh, and sometimes his reads are very one-two run. But besides that, he had a very good game, and I will give him that because he played great. And the thing is, it's a good preseason game for Dak Prescott because that Giants all defense is so bad. Oh, my God. I mean, as fun as that was to watch, you can't get too high on that game just because of who you were playing. I had Redskins fans in the bar. I was talking crap to them. I'm like, I'm like just wait. Halftime, y'all gonna get smoked. Oh my god! Even my my buddy's a Redskins fan. They're up twenty to three. He's like, "There's thirty minutes left. We know what's gonna happen." And you know what's gonna happen? Jenkins, Wentz, and Jackson and Cox are gonna get everyone fired up. They're gonna drop the three straight touchdowns. I knew it was gonna happen. The second the, sh- the the Alshon Jeffrey touchdown where he slung his sidearm between three defenders, I'm like, "Yep, we're, we got this." And there was there was a guy next to me who barely watched football. Was like, "Oh, your Eagles scored." I'm like, "I'm not cocky, but like." Wentz is when when they help when Wentz is healthy and he's got his weapons. Yeesh, I don't want to be a defensive back. He's like a surgeon when he starts attacking that de- a defense. That's why like the Eagles look. The Eagles are who we thought who we thought they were. Shout out to Lenny Walker for the best quote of the weekend. But basically, yeah, no, like we're talking NFC East. It's gonna be Philly, Dallas, eight thousand feet of crap. Then there's the Redskins, and then another four or five miles, and then it's the Giants. Because the Redskins, I will give them credit. With Keenum, they can move the football. They're not going to win a lot of games because Keenum, he can't finish games. <clears throat> NFC title game. <clears throat> Three picks. Oh, God. Um, but basically, Keenum can sling the rock. There's, that's never been an issue for him. And now you're going to put him in with these guys. I, I, I think, honestly, Redskins will probably have like five wins. As long, I think they need to keep Haskins away from Phil at all costs. I watched that boy's film. The Jack, if you ever want to understand why I always think he's going to be a bust, watch his Purdue film. It's awful. There are some reads he makes, and as a former, as a quarter, as a quote unquote guy who plays quarterback a lot, me as a flag football quarterback could make could have made those reads better. Yeah, it's well, bad. Daniel Jones's footage was awful at Yale, and they still think he's the future. Duke, that's also the New York Giants. Yeah, Duke. My bad. Whatever. You know, basically, like John Mara uh, knows all. Yeah, basically, I, I look at. All the, a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, I'm not impressed. I mean, I, I, I said Will Gray or Drew Locke is going to have a better career because you know why? They're not going to start right away. <laughs> That's why. Like, these guys, none of these guys were ready. It's like the, these NBA classes we've had the last couple years in the draft. But, I mean, the last game I really want to talk about, we got to talk about last night's games. Houston, Houston had this game in the bag, and they blew it. And Booger McFarlane, I don't know if you heard the call, basically said – they're playing too off coverage. Drew needs 10 yards to get him in field goal range. Drops it right in there. And, oh, look, Will Lutz from 55, bullseye. And they got to protect Deshaun Watson more. But we all know we knew. One, DeAndre Hopkins is trying out for WWE when he's body slammed Marcus Williams. I saw that. I was like, 
Yeah, buddy, let's go. Dude, we'll take him. Him and Gronk become the tag team I, I, champions. Gronk looks like just a like he's so lanky, but like he's strong as hell. And then he had two touchdowns. Basically, they and then Will Four had that Randy Moss esque catch. It was a it was a good game to watch. Texans are gonna be good. So are Houston. It was a the best game we probably had all weekend. And then we had Denver getting stomped by Oakland. Dude, it, the score the score made it look closer than it really was. But Oakland, I think they're gonna win like seven or eight. Seven or eight games this year. They're not bad. They're not good, but they're not bad. They're like average. They're a lot better than we thought they were going to be. With AB, they probably would have won like nine or ten games. But basically, right now, you drop AB's talent out to like take coverage out. But Josh Jacobs might win rookie of the year. I, I think I just put go to a Raiders game at the O.Co. Coliseum on my bucket list just by watching all those crazy fanatics last night. They're insane. And John Gruden. Running down the strip, giving everyone high fives was amazing. Oh my god, he's a perfect fit. Everybody with the Chucky masks. Oh my goodness, they're freaks. I I watched every single minute of Hard Knocks, and I love them. They're freaks. No, I love it. They're like Cleveland, but less annoying. Eh, they're 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 their own entity. Fans, the worst. No, the worst was all off season is hearing Browns and Bears fans talk about how. They were going to be the best teams in the league. It was going to be a Browns-Bears Super Bowl. And oh my, no. Here's the problem. The Bears have... The Bears. Trubisky driving that car. Mitch, I, like, he has a ceiling of about... This was going to be mad rings about, about 80. Like, the guy ha- cannot make the throws. His decision-making is garbage. And you could tell by the play calling of Matt Nagy the entire game, they're trying to cover up the fact that he can't play quarterback. Don't believe me? Go back and look at the trick plays, the dump-off passes, the rub routes, everything to keep him away from making tough throws. And then the Browns talked about, right, no discipline, no O-line equals no win. I mean, it was their defense that basically kept them in that game. They couldn't get anything going offensively. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I was talking, well, of course, my co-host, she's a big Packers fan. I said, listen, y'all have an okay defense, but you're also playing Mitch Trubisky. Basically, you could send a, a like, LSU or Alabama's defense out there, you probably throw this one. It's, it, he's just not a good quarterback. They, they, and they, by the way, Watson and Mahomes were also in that draft, by the way. Just, just let, that, let, let that, that let that sink in. That, that's... Just let that sink in, right? Like, the two guys who are basically, like, two of the five, like, when you talk about the five quarterbacks of the next generation, you have, of course, you got Wentz, you got Mahomes, you got. Uh, I'll even throw Dak in there just to make you happy. Thank uh, you. Uh, you. He got, doesn't deserve you, it, but you thank got you. Watson. I, mean, what, I just you got. I don't know. You know, three throwing any other name you want, but basically those are like the four core guys, like the next gen guys. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, and y'all picked Trubisky. Trubisky. I, I guess I'll throw like Darnold Baker in there too. Maybe Lamar Jackson for like all the young gun quarterbacks, but basically like, y'all took Trubisky. Duh, Bears. John Fox took Trubisky, by the way, it was a Matt Nagy, so he kind of like got like so. I mean, uh, I just it's not it's just he's not going. And now we're gonna flip the script. I think we should go to college. I I have I have one more thing that we really didn't get into all that much, and that's AB to that's the Patriots. I know, I know. I think I tried to avoid because I was so sick of talking about the Patriots. <laughs> I mean, we're gonna talk about it in about an hour or so on Sound Off, so. So to me, this is. There's a lot of people out there that say this was fixed, which is ridiculous I, to me. Did you hear Romanowski's interview on the herd? He no, I didn't it. check that out. He basically was like, there was no way. He wanted to be the Raiders. It was basically that Gruden wanted him, Carr wanted him, the players wanted him, Mayock did not want him. So basically, like, that Saturday, once him and Mayock got in an argument, I think AB realized, like, yeah, um, Mayock doesn't want me. Get me the hell out of here. And Mayock was more than happy just to cut him. I mean, he loses $20 million in that deal anyway. I mean, the Pats are only paying him 10. 10 on that helmet endorsement. Right, right. But then he uh, he erupts in his backyard when he learns that he's just got signed by free, Bill Belichick. Free. I, I love that, man. That was, that was the best thing ever. Now, to I me, was... to me in this whole situation, like everybody, there's a lot of just casual fans out there that see Tom Brady... Antonio Brown, Bill Belichick, like that equals championship number seven right off the bat. It to me, to me, this, this isn't, like you mentioned earlier, this isn't Randy Moss. This also isn't like Chad Ochocinco when he came over and just shit the bed. First it, of all, you got my man Josh Gordon is their number one receiver. Right. Another, he was awesome two. Sunday. Number two, because you got Edelman's number one guy. You got Josh Gordon, you got Nikhil Harry coming back. Basically, they said, hey, Antonio Brown, come play with us. You're not going to get 100 targets, 100 catches. You're, you're going to get like 70 or 80. You're still going to put up eight or nine touchdowns. We're still going to go to the AC title game. Like, 
the only team that really can stop them is KC. KC needs a second needs to improve secondary. Andy Reid, I pray to God for all things holy, go out and get a corner, please. But yeah, basically it comes down to it's going to be KC. Um, uh, what's it called KC New England, but this it, it helps them enough because he fits with what they got. And you have to also I can't forget about their deep threat door set. But basically Brady dink and dump. And also, the Steelers could be just garbage, and we could not even know really how bad this offense is until they play a legit defense. Steelers' defense is okay. It's not great. To me, this is kind of like, and I don't want to compare it to this because it's completely different, but like Antonio Brown to me doesn't look like a typical he's, New he's England Patriot. Right. That's what I was going to say. Like, it, it, this is kind of like a Revis signing where, like, the, the roles are switched this year where, like, Back then, like the Patriots' offense was phenomenal. That was, that's what was getting them to the Super Bowl. But Bill Belichick was like, I'm not going to lose this Super Bowl based on my bad defense again. Because Brady's never been backed by his defense when it comes to Super Bowl time. So you get, go out and except, get Darrell except Revis. For, except for 04, 03, and 01. That's the past we're talking about. We're talking about this era of the I dynasty, know, know. the I second dynasty. To, was clarify to the folks, Jack is not disrespecting the defenses of the early 2000s Patriots. Okay. I don't really care about disrespecting the first dynasty, but if you want to play the I good cop card. Eagles. Let's not talk about it. To me, the roles were reversed. So they signed Revis because their defense needed. This year, their defense is as good as it's been since that first dynasty back in 03, 04, like you mentioned. But yeah. now the offense, not that Brady ever needed help offensively. He's never had that star wide receiver. Randy Moss was that one guy he looked at a decade ago. But yeah. since then, it's been Edelman and then wide receiver by committee. Whoever he could find, he and turned into have, a star. And you have that giant meathead number eighty-seven lining up off the edge of attack. Hey, that that didn't that didn't hurt them at all. Oh no! I still think he comes back at some point. Yeah, he said week twelve confirmed by Barstool. <laughs> yeah, week fourteen. That's what he told Portnoy. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, week fourteen. I got the number. It's it, it, yeah, it, it's a joke now. We'll see. Come week fourteen, we'll talk about it. But th- this time, not that he needs the help, but defense is stronger than the offense this year for the Patriots to go out and get the number one wide receiver in the league and Antonio Brown and he's going to be eased into this like okay yeah Jared's signaling to me that he's the third best Hopkins number one Julio two then AB AB was number one in the league for a long time I'll just say that and then Julio dominated the last two years then we saw Hopkins just become a freak of nature but basically Hopkins took Marshawn Lattimore to school last night by the way if you guys weren't watching the game Lattimore was locked up on him the entire game Hopkins still had two touchdowns 134 yards receiving like the guy's a guy you can't stop I still lost but anyways Uh, that's that's on their defense it's not on their offense but to me AB is going to be eased into this it's not going to be like he's just going to be the guy offensively you mentioned Edelman's right yeah it's because it's a complex offense Brady doesn't have the arm strength he had no seven with Randy Moss or Dante Stallworth it's going to be he's going to catch a lot of square ends a lot of out routes a lot of quick hitters that he can just break off the route hit the gas and see if he can outrun the corner yeah, I mean, when he when he gets his opportunity, he's going to shine, but Brady utilizes everybody. Brady is not a guy to stare down receivers, except for Gronk, basically, but that's about it. I mean, I I mean, Chris Hogan dominated a playoff game. Let's remember that. That guy's going to be basically Mr. Mediocrity for the rest of his life because basically right. the Patriots gave this guy hope. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. AB is going to be a, have a solid, like, he's going to be a solid number two receiver this year, fantasy-wise. But I just, it's, he's going to be the second best receiver. I think Josh Gordon's going to put up a Pro Bowl year this year. I said that on my show. I'm a huge Josh Gordon fan because I love his story. I love he's coming back. He's basically in the perfect situation. As long as he doesn't get into trouble again. I mean, that's in his England, one thing. In New England, basically, you have to really go out of your way to get into trouble. I mean, I feel like Brady is constantly bringing these guys in. I think he even offered to hold up AB when he first came yeah, here. Instead, yeah, he invited AB to stay at his house until, like, AB can find a spot. Like just just put Gordon in a cage if he ever if he ever relapses on anything just put him in the cage in Brady's basement. Or just, put him, or just, or just lock him. Brady just locks him in his house. Like Josh, there's nothing here but booze. And if you touch the booze, Giselle's gonna cut you. Yep. So yeah, that's the way it's go. gotta be. Now, but imagine if that was three years ago before the trade they made with the Jets today. You had Antonio Brown, Josh Gordon, Demarius Thomas, Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman as your four. That's insane. So let it sink in. That's a Madden team right there. With Brady at the helm and his plethora of weapons at running back. And then you have, like, James White and Sonny Michelle. Like, all right, all right. So, I mean, yeah, but here's the thing. I'm going to refer to you a quote. Any given Sunday, my buddy. We set, Remember 07? Remember uh, 2007, 2018? Like, things happen. Patriots get to the Super Remember uh, that the, if it wasn't for heroes like Eli Manning and Nick Foles – 
afraid to have eight, have like nine rings. So there you go. There, there are heroes. I think the next one is either going to be uh, a guy who talks like Kermit the Frog and throws ketchup on everything or a guy who hunts all the time and has a red beard. There you go. To me, the so, heroes of those games were – and also he should have five right now. The Seahawks, to me, are oh, the clear yeah, winners in that Super Bowl. Not, uh, basically, Doug Baldwin should have squared that route and Pete Carroll should have ran the ball. But, you know, revisionist history. No, to me, the, those heroes are David Tyree in 42, uh, Mario Manningham with the catch down the sidelines in 46, then obviously Nick Foles, backup quarterback. What a great story. He's the and, hero uh, in that game. Brandon Graham for strip, for strip sacking. Right. Oh, my God. But other than that. Yeah, that's, that's our NFL. I think, it's, I think that covers the NFL, at least for today. All right, let's briefly talk about uh, college football before we head on over to sound up. Sound I got to get ready. Whatever. Sound off. It's my first time on the show. I got to get my makeup on. I got to I, I gotta be ready like, to go. Yeah, let's bring Jack on, man. It's going to be fun. And this guy goes sound off. needed a guess like, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's invite Jack on. I mean, listen, I mean, we were just trying to – I was organizing this thing today because I'm like, I got to do Jack's show. I promise I'd go on. Like, you idiots are like, should we do seven or nine? I can do seven. I can do nine. Let's get a time here, boys. Come on. All right. Anyway, Hook of Horns versus the, versus the Tigers to the Bayou. Yikes. I mean, it wasn't uh, yikes. I mean, they was- lost by one score. I know, but your Longhorns are a great team. I'm going to tell you that right now. I think your Longhorns are going to duke it out with Jalen Hurts and the boys for that title. Whoever, whoever, I think as long as if Oklahoma slips up like they usually do, you're all going to have a shot. But at the end of the day, man, what I learned from this game, LSU might be the best the best team in the SEC. They, they, and you know what the thing is? They have the roster to give Clemson fits. They have the speed to cover those guys. They have a quarterback who can score points with T. Lawrence. He's not as good as Trevor Lawrence, but he doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to keep him in the game. I'm telling you right now, if LSU wins out, because if you put them against Clemson, it's not like Alabama last year. I said, I was like, oh, Bama's got this in the bag. I said to Mark, I'm like, hey, Mark, let me ask some here. Who's the best team Bama played last year? Georgia? Or he said Georgia. I'm like, dude, Georgia was shot by that game. There was no choice. He goes, all right, well, Bama still got it. And I'm sitting there watching the game. I'm like... That's his 40, right? I sat there, I'm like, just saying like, hmm. It's like somebody called it. Strength of schedule. Who you play during the regular season is going to tell you who's going to win the national title. Every year. People always overlook schedule. Strength of schedule is the most important thing. You guys playing LSU, you guys are going to be a top 10 team by the end of the year. No question in my mind. Second best team in the Big 12. Right on Oklahoma's tail, but I don't think Oklahoma's going to lose. Because I think they're going to take you guys out. Unfortunately, I just think Jalen Hurts. Lincoln Riley is just a mastermind. He's like Frank and Dr. Frankenstein poking little holes in the guy's brain. He's like, I'm going to rewire you to be a quarterback. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, who used to be a liability throwing the balls, dropping dimes. It, it's But with that game, what I learned was LSU can sling the rock. Because Ellinger is a good quarterback. I love that Texas team, top to bottom. But, man, LSU just looked. I mean, they were explosive out of the game. I think it was 20-7 to seven at halftime. And then the fourth yeah. quarter just, like, demoralized us Longhorn fans. I th- the thing was, you're, you, that was the first time that you've seen two top 10 teams who are going to finish in the top 10 duke it out. And basically, we saw LSU, who's probably going to finish in the top. Is, LSU, if they went out, it's going to make it. I think they're I think they're better than Bama. And I know Kevin's going to rip me apart for this, but that roster, man. Oh my. The speed with the quarterback. It's, be- it's like they got Matt Flynn back or something like that. Or... Uh, Whoever the quarterback who I think it was who who won in 03. Was that Russell who won for them in 03? Yeah, you got that right. Yeah. Quarterback with Armstrong. I'm gonna actually sling the rock. That's something they haven't had in a long time in LSU, and that's terrifying to me. And I love Coach O. He's my boy, dude. You cannot hate Coach Argeron. He's awesome. I think he was on Pardon My Take this past week, and he was talking about how he loves the heat down in Louisiana, especially during the summer. I I think he does morning runs in, like, the 110-degree heat with humidity. Like, that's that's awful. That's a total football guy right there. and the Gators that buy you. Oh, my God. God, uh, total man. football guy. Total tough guy. I love it. He's he's a and you know what the best part is? He literally says, "I can't coach offense for crap." He gives the he gives a guy out of the Saints organization. He goes, "Hey, listen, hey, you want to drive this truck? Sure." Oh, look, their offense is decent now. They got a transfer quarterback, and now they're like slinging the rock. So I, I mean, Texas is going to be good. That game showed these guys you, your your horns got some guts, and uh, LSU is probably top fourteen. I I second that LSU is going to be tough. Watch out, Clemson Tigers. Uh, that rain oh. might be coming to a to a head soon. Oh. 
I, I appreciate the Texas comments. Clemson being the next dynasty, I'm like, there's something off here we're missing. Because with Alabama, you kind of just knew they were going to win. But with Clemson, there's just so much like, oh, they're going to lose. There, there's there's something about them. You can just tell. You can really tell when a dynasty's like starting to come up or when it's going to be a short-lived dynasty. Like my Canes in the 80s and 90s, 80s, early 90s, you knew that was going to be a six, seven-year run. But my Canes in the 2000s, you knew something was going to end. Right. Um, USC. 03 to 05. It was a short-lived dynasty. I think it's going to be very similar to Clemson. I think it was like, what, 2016 to now? And then you're going to see him drop off again. Should be interesting. I can't wait for week three. Dude, I can't wait for the college football playoff, man. I might just have... I might, like, fly... Just fast-forward to January and December. I might drive up from Jersey to come watch the game or something like that. We got to do our uh, five-hour train podcast. Oh, my God. That'd be hilarious. Where we travel from Jersey to Connecticut, up to Boston, <laughs> Mass, all the way back down to Philly. Just to go grab Mark and Kevin. <laughs> and then we, we go all the way out to Colorado to grab Savannah. And then, you know, it's just like... That'll be a fun train ride from Connecticut to Colorado. Oh, I'm looking man. forward to it, man. That'd be brutal, man. All right, Jack, I think that's what we got for today. Uh, I, I know you wanted to brag a little bit. We made a bet back in uh, spring training a little bit just to talk about a little baseball as he uh, puts on his Arizona Diamondbacks cap. We made a bet. I, I thought that the Diamondbacks were losers from the get-go this year i i predicted them to lose 90 plus games this year uh they lost paul goldschmidt they lost aj pollock they lost basically their entire offense zach ranky everybody knew wasn't the same they end up trading them at the deadline too it just did not look good obviously the diamondbacks held their ground this year were 500 throughout the entire year obviously the dodgers were running away with that division from the start they're up they're 20 so, they're so loaded but you know in the playoffs they basically turned to a minor league squad right and then as you continue to flex um they stayed in the five they stayed afloat 500 range and then they're 12 and one in their last 13 games they're and about a, they're three games out of the wild card a game and a half out of the second wild card yeah, well, they lost. I think they're losing to the Mets right now. But sorry, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be at City Field tomorrow to give my curse to the Mets fans. But but uh, I got to give them kudos. Uh, I was told wrong by Jared. I was told wrong by Mark. I was told wrong by Barstool Sports Steve Peralt. So congratulations! I lost that bet. I, I thought they were going to lose 90-plus games. You thought that they were going to win 75-plus games. It looks like you're going to win that bet. I so, uh, I'm not even kidding. I think it was 74. Yeah, so I definitely lost by now, unless they go 1-21 in, in the next three weeks. Yeah, I don't see that happening. The, uh, well, here's the thing with that Granky deal. They just loaded up on young arms. Like, they're not going to win the World Series this year. If they do, it's going to be a miracle, and oh, my God, it would be amazing. But basically, they're like – Arizona's a young team. They have no guys leaving in free agency now that they got rid of. Uh, they might lose Peralta. They might try to get rid of him because, you know, I mean, they have Adam Jones on a two-year deal. But, like, it's it's just a different it's a different vibe, man. Yeah, they're at 75 wins officially. Well, I officially lost. I I tip my cap to you, my uh, Longhorns cap. Hey, listen, I, I tip my cap to you. Take this one on the chin. You're, you're pretty intelligent about baseball. I think you just kind of – you let personal feelings towards me get a little in, in, in clogged judgment a little bit. Yeah, you can't let that happen. Not not in business, not in podcasting. Oh, of course. All right. I mean, we got 10 minutes till we go back on the other joint if you want to just call this one. Yeah, I got, I got to put my makeup on. First appearance on Belly Up Sound Off. I, I don't know. You think I'm going to get yelled at by Mike for wearing a cutoff? No, nah, you look good. All right. Belly Up Sound Off. It's going to be me. It's going to be Jared. It's going to be Mark. It's going to be the big boss man, Mike Brown. Check it out. This was the Osho podcast presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out. Check out all of our podcasts, including the Osho, including the Corner Booth, including 5050 Booking, Chairgating, and more. And by TickPick, a New York City based marketplace that allows no hidden fees for tickets. If they're $16, they are $16. Not like $16.18. They add on that 18 cent fee. Not with TickPick. Get your tickets now. Hit it, Hootie.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.